Hi, hello, what's up? Michelle here from The Fuel Pod, aka Fuel My Run. What's it going on? <laughs> Hi, I don't know, whatever. Just me today, you guys. I'm really excited though, and I'm just in the mood to really bond with you right now. And okay, I'm like really conflicted about opening this, but I have a Boochcraft Passion Flip, what? Passion Fruit Blood Orange. And it's basically a hard kombucha if you haven't heard of it. It's 7% alcohol, okay? It's kind of like an IPA. But I swear to God, I think our fridge is too cold right now. And it feels like it's frozen and or it's going to explode if I open it. So I figured it would be a good idea to open it for the podcast. Because if it did explode, that could be a good story. Not really. I just like don't feel like getting kombucha all over me. It's just so sticky, you know? Anyway, let's do it right now. It's happening. Wish me luck. Oh my god. Oh! Okay. So, uh, it did cut. Oh my god, it's on the speaker. I did not just zamboni it. Okay, so if this breaks the speaker, that sucks. I did it right next to the speaker so you can pick up the sound of that. But... Then it exploded on the speaker. So I don't know if that was worth it. It did explode on my hand. And now, you know that nasty vinegary kind of, well, I kind of like the smell. If you haven't seen my kombucha taste testing video, (laughs) check it out. It's like the only video that's kind of doing well on my YouTube channel. (laughs) It's so interesting how some videos get picked up by the algorithm because people are just Googling it or looking it up on YouTube. Mmm. Yeah, that's nice. There's just something about a kombucha, hard kombucha. You don't feel guilty about it because it's kombucha and you're getting a little buzzed. Anyway, I'm actually recording this. It is Sunday night. Memorial Day is tomorrow. So it's like basically another weekend, but I don't really have weekends. All of my days could be weekends if I decide to take the next day off, but usually I'm working every day. So The concept of a weekend kind of goes out the window, which is hard because I remember when I graduated college, I was so excited about the concept of weekends because when I was going through school, I was working as a server to be able to, you know, pay for everything, pay for my life. And I always had to work weekends. I mostly worked days when I was serving, but I did work nights too. And I just felt like I never really had a proper, what am I like British? I never really had a proper weekend, you know? I was so excited to get that nine to five job to have weekends. (laughs) Looking back now, I'm like, oh man, Michelle, I just wanted that structure so badly and not having to live, you know, I guess I never technically lived paycheck to paycheck in college because I saved a lot of money at the time. Don't know how, probably because I wasn't eating very much and I just didn't do anything either, which is crazy to think about because I feel like I had a decent time. I don't know. I literally could not tell you what we're talking about. Anyway, here's what I have planned for today and I'm really excited about it. We're going to play a game called Oh Hell No, (laughs) Running Oh Hell No's. And every time I have done one of the Running Oh Hell No's, I'm going to take a drink. And we're going to get a little wild up in here on this Sunday, but like a weekend Sunday night, if you know what I mean. Just me, me, myself, and I in the bedroom. Also, my upstairs neighbor's moving right now. If you hear some loud banging, 
and like not that banging. I'm talking about like throwing around boxes and stuff. Then you know what's going on. Also, I just moving from an upstairs apartment. I've done that so many times. I don't even think I can count. I'm a count. Let me just count. Since I moved out of my house from high school, like I went to college, I never moved back home. And I've lived in so many different places, but let me count how many have been upstairs. It's too hard. I'm going to estimate like eight, maybe more, probably more. But I live on a um, on the ground floor right now, and there's definitely pros and cons to that, especially the con of looking out your window and making direct eye contact with somebody hanging out in your alley. That's fun sometimes, not really. Oh, Okay. So I'm really excited for the running oh hell knows. Oh, also, if you're like, how are you drinking right now? And especially kombucha, because that's carbonated, Michelle, and you always talk about your acid reflux. <sighs> well, I'm really excited. I'm actually seeing a naturopathic doctor. Oh my gosh, maybe next week. I need to figure that out because I have to fill out a crap ton of paperwork. <laughs> and who has a printer these days? I have to go and get that printed somewhere. But I'm actually going to see a naturopathic doctor, and I haven't gone this route yet. So... I mean, I work with a naturopathic doctor. I do marketing for a naturopathic doctor. And what naturopathic means, it's it's basically looking at nature for solutions. So looking at outside of prescription medication, over-the-counter medications and that kind of stuff, and looking to what nature can do to help your problem. So maybe it's a natural supplement. Maybe it's, you know, working on your diet, which is going to be a big one for me. So I'm going to be working with a naturopath soon and I'm really excited. But the medication that I'm on right now finally kicked in. Oh my gosh, took forever. And so now I can be a little bit more flexible with my diet, but I'm still trying to tighten it up so I can heal, you know, my esophagus that's been damaged. (laughs) But you know what? Tonight I'm having a kombucha and it's hard and we're going to get a little rowdy. So yay, I suppose. I'm feeling kind of good because yesterday I went on a long run and I really didn't have a plan for the run. I wanted to run. That was my goal for the day. And I went out and at first, you know, those runs where you just, yeah, you do a little like dynamic warm up, whatever, move the body around, but you just like don't feel warmed up for a long time. That's how I felt at my run yesterday yeah yesterday (laughs) and I told myself okay whatever it's just not feeling great you can always go out tomorrow or in a couple days again get in whatever distance you want to I always feel when I hit seven miles I'm like yeah it just is that distance that feels good and I'm not sure why it's like around that hour mark I'm just like yeah I put in some cardio work I'm feeling myself finished a podcast but I was not really feeling too hot at first I was like you know what out and back. Let's just get a three miler in, you know, something that's going to get my system going, really wake me up, even though I had started running in the afternoon. But right after I finished that three miler, I don't know, I was in the middle of a podcast I didn't want to stop listening to. And I just kind of kept on going. So I did a little bit longer of an out and back. And ooh, this is kind of fun. I was planning the course for a 5k that I'm kind of running next weekend, or not running, but I'm basically, so hell in your 30s, if you haven't listened to that episode that I did with them, oh my God, listen to it. It's so freaking funny. They're hilarious. And they're, I'm training them to do their first 5K. They've never ran before and they're getting into running right now. They're actually kicking ass. I'm so proud of them. But their 5K that they were aiming for got canceled. Thus, they live in LA 
And I decided to kind of just put together an impromptu 5K for them, just kind of near the bike path I live by. And I'm actually going to have one of my other clients who lives around the area that I just got into running too. And she's also kicking butt. They're all going to just join together and run a 5K. And I'm so freaking excited about it. I made these little invites and everything. And I know this is going to open a door for me to really want to be a race director, but I'm going to try to shove that door back down a hole for a while, you know, just keep it there for a bit because I don't think I can take something else on right now. (laughs) I'm like podcasting. I should do that. Should I though? Should I be doing this? I mean, I don't know. I love talking and hopefully you're enjoying this thus far. And if you're not yet, just like wait for the running oh hell knows. Okay. I'm just kind of catching you up on life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay. I need to save some drink for the, for the game, you know, but okay. We are going to talk through some go-to meals that I just always have on deck when I'm training for a marathon. And I chose a marathon distance basically applies to half marathons too. And really throughout my life I've always been kind of running over the past you know 10-15 years whatever 15 how old am I oh my god guys I'm turning 30 this year what should I do for my birthday do you have any suggestions I don't know birthdays have always been kind of weird for me because it's my birthday is right next to Christmas December 21st so I always feel guilty trying to get people together and I love birthdays though and I love celebrating other people's birthdays so I, I, I don't know. I kind of want to do something fun, <laughs> you know? So any ideas, let me know. Like if you want to, you know, leave a comment for the podcast, leave a comment telling me what I should do for my 30th birthday. Just do it, you know? So you can just give me a five stars and be like, oh, do this for your 30th birthday. Perfect. Bada bing, bada bang. Thank you. Did you hear that? The moving girl. Legit could not tell you what we were talking about, but I'm pretty sure we're talking about how I really want to probably be a race director or be affiliated with racing and, you know, announcing or something like that to some degree. I think part of me feels like that is a route that I want to go down, but putting it aside for now. Okay. Anyways. So, oh yeah, (laughs) we're running. How did I get to my 30th birthday? I don't know. I just kind of like wedged that in out of nowhere, but the go-to meals I eat when training for a marathon. And honestly, I probably have these most of the time, but when I'm training for a marathon, a lot of these meals are really nutrient dense and you can really pack it with a punch. Just kidding. It's not like a headline I'm trying to write right now, but you can really like pack these meals with a lot of nutrients, making sure you're getting in enough protein, the right amount of carbs and all that good stuff. And so they're really my staples. And I think they're really easy staples to implement into your diet too. So we're going to talk through those. I'm repositioning. Okay. All right, baby, let's go. My five go-to meals when I'm training for a marathon. Okay, a big one for me when I'm marathon training is I want to get in a meal or a snack that's going to keep me full. And sometimes when I'm running high mileage, I can't eat too much in one sitting, but I can eat literally all day. (laughs) And sometimes that just isn't possible. You know, you're working, you got a lot of stuff going on, but you want to eat something that's... I don't want to say dense or calorie dense, but you want to eat something that's going to keep you full for a long time. And one of my favorite meals, and I talk about it all the time, and I'm sure all y'all probably eat this too, but let's talk about jazzing it up. I'm talking about oatmeal. A lot of the time I eat oatmeal in the late morning. 
I do work from home, so I'm pretty lucky on that front. But I usually wait to eat until I'm hungry in the morning. And usually that's late morning before lunch, maybe like 10, 11. And I will make a big ass bowl of oatmeal. (laughs) And not even big ass from the oatmeal side of things. I love oatmeal though, because you're getting a good serving or two of whole grains, of course. And I want to get that fiber in. You know, it's just like a good source of whole grains right there, people. And so I do maybe like a serving and a half. I don't know, whatever I'm feeling that day. More if I'm hungry, less if I'm not. So I make oatmeal on the stove. And what I do is I just put some non-dairy milk because I usually just drink non-dairy milk. And I don't, what am I saying? I don't drink milk. I'll put milk in a smoothie or something. I don't pour myself a glass of it or I'll put it in coffee, you know. (laughs) I don't pour myself a milk for dinner. So I will put some milk and heat it up on the stove, add the oatmeal, cook it until it looks fine. I don't even know when oatmeal's done. I just, when most of the milk is soaked up, I'm like, that's okay, probably. Let's eat it. And then I add a ton of stuff on it. Usually for more carbs and, you know, healthy carbs, I'll add banana, half or full, depending on my hunger level. You've probably seen me add granola on top of my oatmeal and you're probably like, Michelle, that's against all the rules of every rule in the world of eating. But I think it tastes delicious. It adds a little bit of like a sweet element. You can add like chocolate oatmeal, any of that. What's that brand? It's like Elizabeth. You know what I'm talking about. Simply Elizabeth, right? That's that's it. I'm pretty sure. You know, just whatever one I have, I have this vanilla maple one I want to say or no I don't know she has some really good ones so I'll just put a little handful on there for a little bit of mm, flavor and then it also has some good fats and I will add usually almond butter or peanut butter on top so pretty fat heavy here but it just keeps me full that combination and there's a little bit of protein too but that combination of The fats and the whole grains keeps me so freaking full. And that's what really what I'm looking for at the end of the day. So thank you, almond butter. And then I also will top it with whatever fresh berries I have in the fridge or frozen berries. The frozen berries is kind of fun because it heats up in the oatmeal. Mm, It starts getting real good. If you're listening to this in the morning, I hope I'm stimulating your appetite or maybe your digestive system. Like you're thinking about eating it and digesting and now all of a sudden you have to go to the bathroom. And if that's the case, you're welcome. I know you've been constipated for a while and I just, you just needed me to talk about digesting food. Okay, so that's like my number one go-to and I know it's like so trendy in the, um, you know, influencer world to talk about oatmeal, but that's because there's something to it if you do it right. I'm not talking just like a bowl of oatmeal and that's it. Like who hurt you? We're not, that's just not what it's about. Okay. Another go-to of mine when I, I mean, I'm so bad sometimes. Sam and I will eat out far too often. And when I'm training for a race, I really try to dial it back and eat at home for most meals or at least half, half of my meals because it's just easy to get in exactly what I need and not spend a thousand dollars a day on food. I'm joking, but you know what I mean. Also living in LA, hello, bills. Okay, so my number two, this is good for lunch or dinner whenever you can fit it in. I call it my grain bowl. So whether I have quinoa or rice, that is the base here, baby. (laughs) It's so easy too, because what I like to do is I like to take whatever veggies I'm craving. So 
Typically, I always buy broccoli because I really like broccoli. It holds flavor really well and it's so, so good for you. And I just love the taste. So I'll get usually broccoli, maybe some peppers, asparagus, whatever veggies I'm craving, honestly. It could change. Sam really likes zucchini for some reason. <laughs> so we'll get zucchini, whatever Sam will eat, you know, and I'll chop them all up and I'll just pop them in the oven, maybe like 400 degrees for 20 minutes or so. A nice drizzle of olive oil on top, a little like, like probably too much olive oil, but we did it and we're going with it. Salt and pepper, bam, pop it in there. Maybe some garlic too mixed in there. And I throw that on top of the grain. And then I add, typically, a protein. So maybe it's, we get a rotisserie chicken from the store. I just like pull some meat off of that, throw it in there. Maybe some tofu, some salmon, whatever I'm feeling. And then for some extra flavor flav, because we're, we're about that flavor life, that flavor profile, I will put on top some avocado, some guacamole or hummus and just really mix it together until it looks unappetizing and then you eat it (laughs) because this meal has it all it's got the carbs the protein it's got the fats it's got micronutrients it got it's got stuff that's going to keep you full and it's just going to be satisfying it's going to really fuel your run (laughs) so that's a staple and it should be a staple in yours too or you can make it kind of like a chipotle bowl add some salsa in there really like mix it up maybe some chips on the side Oh, yeah. Sam and I are big chip guys. We always have some chips kind of lying around. Not like with every meal, but some like a meal like that. It's perfect, like a little scooping action, tortilla chips. Yep. All right, number three. This one's good for just post-run in the morning, mostly post-run, since, you know, it could be fiber-full and fiber-full. That'd be a good brand name, fiber-full. I wonder if that is. But usually I don't eat that much fiber before a run because I don't want to poop my pants. Um, (laughs) Not even going to hold back on that one. But a good smoothie. And I think this is kind of a standard for all too because you can really get in some protein here after a run. And I usually have a good vegan protein powder around the house. We actually have this really yummy whey protein too. I usually don't have whey for no reason in specific just because I think my body likes vegan protein more. From like pea protein, maybe soy, I don't know, depending on what we have. So throwing some protein in there, a ton of spinach, just all the spinach until you don't think it's going to fit in the cup that you're blending anymore, you know, just as much more than you think is necessary. I also will typically throw in a banana there for some more carbs, some almond milk, oat milk, whatever the heck milk we have in the fridge, and there may be some frozen berries if we have some, but yeah, just kind of throw that in there. Simple, easy, bada bing, bada bang. You can make it really thick too. (laughs) And then you can put it in a bowl and be really cool with a smoothie bowl and eat it with a spoon. That is just like whole nother level though. And you gotta, you gotta clean the bowl too. Sometimes it's like doing it right through the, the blender I have, you know, just drinking it through that. Okay. Number four, a nice pasta. I like mixing it up during my training between bonza pasta. So the Chickpea protein pasta. I mean, it still has carbs, but like it's going to be a higher protein and it's plant-based or I just stick with whole wheat pasta. I have regular pasta too, but usually the whole wheat and yeah, pasta is like a big one, especially before long runs because that's usually what I eat before a race. So I like practicing that during my training too. So making sure I'm eating during my training what I'm going to have before the race. Pasta. 
throwing some I just throw spinach on everything like always throwing spinach on that bitch like (laughs) what throwing spinach maybe in the sauce when it's heating up so it gets a little wilted a little nice if you know what I mean spinach and then adding a protein on top possibly some chicken or whatever protein you want Sometimes I don't even add protein. I just go, if I'm going with the chickpea pasta, I go that route. I'm not adding anything else on top. And then always Parmesan because Parmesan makes everything taste better. Side note on the Parmesan topic. I have Parmesan in my fridge and like the end of it has a little mold on it. Ew, I know, throw it out. But then I read that cheese, you're supposed to just cut off that part. And I just bought it. You know, this Parmesan was like 15 bucks for the cube. And don't get me wrong. I will spend money on some good cheese, but I just don't understand why it's molding. And everyone turns off the podcast. (laughs) Anyways, okay, pasta, yeah, very on my radar most of the time, actually. And last one here, a sandwich with everything on it. I love sandwiches, (laughs) says everyone, but this is why I like them. They're easy to eat, which is big. If I'm busy in the middle of the day and I want to be full, I like eating it on whole grain bread or maybe a multi-grain roll if I want to be spicy about it, you know. And I like putting everything on it. Big mustard gal. Mustard on everything. Sam hates sauce. He hates dressing. He hates spreads. He doesn't like mustard. And this is why we're going to break up at the end of the day. Just kidding. But he gets his sandwiches dry and I just think that he should be arrested because that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard my entire life. And it hurts my like my taste buds. Like, what are you tasting when you bite into that thing? Just a baguette. But I get, so whole wheat bread or whatever we got. Ton of mustard. Maybe some other good tasting spread. Some pesto on there. Ooh, avocado. All of the vegetables. So spinach, lettuce for the crunch, tomato, onions when I can eat them and not feel crappy. Maybe some pickles, pepperoncinis other (laughs) vegetables that are available. I love sprouts too. I used to be embarrassed growing up eating sprouts when I was in elementary school. My mom would bring me, you know when your parents would bring you a meal in elementary school and all the kids would be like, wow, that's so freaking cool. You're badass. And when I would open mine up from the bagel bakery in Salinas, there'd be sprouts on my bagel and all the kids would be like, Ew. And I was so embarrassed, but I loved it and it tasted so good. So I just had to eat it really fast. So no one judged me. But now I'm like, that was weird. I love sprouts, whatever. And then usually if I'm adding some protein, I usually go the turkey route or, you know, there's some good vegan options as well. If you don't want to go with the Turk (laughs) and who doesn't like a good sandwich? If you're not eating sandwiches, I highly recommend putting them back into your diet because what are you eating instead? All right, those are my go-to five meals. Now I'm kind of hungry. I'm feeling this kombucha a little bit, so I think it's the perfect time for Oh Hell Knows. Running Oh Hell Knows. Cool. Cool stuff. Cool beans. Okay. So in this game too, if I've done one of these, I will admit it. It's kind of like truth or drink. And then I will take a sip of my drink. Again, getting wild on Sunday night. So little background. These oh hell no's are something that I think, and hopefully you do too, you should not be doing, okay? just We should not be doing this as runners. Let's take it out of the option of things that we could be doing and just make it not a thing. Number one. 
stopping someone mid-run, in the middle of their run, to say something to them. Okay, well, unfortunately, I have to drink to this, but I'm very anti. And Hold on. So I'm anti because you never know if someone's in the middle of a speed workout. Maybe they're trying to hit a goal for this run, and then they're going to feel guilty that they didn't stop and talk to you. And what is so urgent that you have to interrupt this random person running to ask them something? And this happened on my run, my long run yesterday. Some guy, and and I was kind of mapping out the course for the 5K that I talked about earlier. And I was kind of focused because I was nearing the end and I thought it was going a little long and I didn't understand why because I was trying to run the same tangent that I did on the way there. Long story. And it was an out and back and I was getting confused. So I was kind of focused and I had my headphones in. So just like don't interrupt somebody when they're running, you know, and I, I wasn't going fast by any means, but I was using my brain and this guy runs up behind me, taps my shoulder and says, excuse me, excuse me. And I mean, other people are around, so it wasn't sketchy, but I turned and I was like, oh yeah, just like trying to be as nice as possible. Just kidding. I'm always like, what can I do for you? It's like so unnecessary, but he's like, what time is it? And I I wanted to look at him like, I'm the one you're asking. There's like 30 people right here. You could just ask anyone, but instead he had to sprint up behind me. Like he's going to kill me with a knife or something. Like that's exactly where my head went to at first. And he had to ask me that. And I didn't stop running. No, I was just like, oh, it's 227 or whatever. He was like, thank you so much. It's like, that just, you didn't, that was weird. And it seemed like you really needed the time, but it's like, I think I'm the least convenient person for you personally to be asking what time it was. Anyway, so, okay, I did do this once. And I did it because I saw a guy wearing a Warriors shirt from like a Warriors game, basketball, NBA, hello. Go Warriors, Golden State, baby. But he was wearing a shirt from the game that I went to, and it was at Oracle Arena in Oakland, and it was from the last game ever there, and I had gone with Sam, and he was wearing it. I was like, I don't know, I screamed. I I didn't try to interrupt him, but I didn't realize his headphones were so loud, and I was like, I was at that game too. Then he stopped, and I felt guilty because I didn't want him to stop running. He was like, what? I was like, oh, I went to that game. He's like, oh, you did? And I was like, yeah. And then he kept on running. So I think that was like a fine example, but I didn't want to stop him in the middle of his run, you know? But I did interrupt someone mid-run, and I just felt like there wasn't really a reason. Saying that, obviously, if there's a legit reason, like, I was going to say your shoe's untied, but I don't know if that's a legit reason or not. Or it's your friend. You're just like, hey, like, don't stop, but you can keep running if you need to. Like, but hi. You know, just... There's reasons why you should stop someone. But if they're in the middle of a speed workout and you're asking for the time, just maybe don't. (laughs) But I think you guys are all on board with me. Okay, number two. If you're running with a running partner, do not get mad at the person for not running fast enough. And I'm not drinking for this one because I've never done this because it's ridiculous. If you decide to run with somebody else, You never get mad at them for not running at a pace that you want to run. You always run at a pace that's going to be fast enough for the slowest person if you decide to go in a group. That's it. That's why are you running with someone if you're not going to go at a pace that's mutual to the both of you? Is that redundant? Whatever. You know what I'm saying. You can't get mad at someone for not keeping up. It's that's stupid. That's you're not a good running partner. (laughs) You're not. You should not be running with somebody else if you have a specific speed in mind. You're going at a pace that's mutual for the both of you. 
and fast enough for the slowest person. I think I said that right. And if I didn't, whatever. This obviously excludes if you're running with your running partner and you're both doing a tempo workout, trying to hit the same pace. Obviously, you can use each other for inspiration during the workout. But if one person drops off, you can't get mad at them. You just keep on going with your own workout. You know what I mean. Okay, number three. I am very anti-racing with a friend. But if you decide to go into a race racing with a friend, so you're going into a 10K, you're next to your friend at the start line, you plan to run with them the entire race, you cannot get mad at them for slowing down. (laughs) So here's why I never run with a friend in a race, even though, and if I do, and I have in the past, it's because we both didn't have a time goal. Races to me are a very individualistic thing. So you're going into it with your goal that you've been training for, you're an individual. It's very difficult to have the same exact goal as somebody else and maybe have the same time goal, but you are so different as a runner. So saying that, maybe you are going to pace it differently. Maybe you attack the hills differently than the other runner. Maybe they're not strong on hills, but you are. But they attack the downhills a lot faster than you do. So there's just so many reasons why you shouldn't race with somebody else. I'm not even going to get into them all even though I just said a good amount right now. So you're welcome. But you cannot get mad at your friend that you decided to race with if they're not keeping up, okay? That's your fault for deciding to race with them. If, okay, here's the caveat. If you decided to race with a friend that you've been training with, let's say you're very similar in pace, you're like, yeah, let's push each other to get to the end. Maybe PR, who knows? agree that if one person is killing it, they can go ahead and run their own race. I just think that's so important to decide on ahead of time. And yes, there's been races like I remember the Long Beach Marathon. My friend Hannah and I, I mean, I let her go off because I kind of hit a wall (laughs) for not like even going fast, but I hit a wall at mile 20 or so. I was just like, go ahead. And we were talking and hanging out for the first 13 miles, having a really fun time. We talked with a few other runners too that weren't very serious into it. And it was just such a fun, fun time race. But she was feeling good. I wasn't. I was just like, go ahead. I'm just going to chill, you know, stop at an aid station if I need to. And yeah, that's my spiel on that. And if you have a different opinion, let me know in the comments of this podcast. All right, let's go to the next one. Oh, man. Oh, man. Making up for a run that you forgot, maybe you didn't forget to do, that you weren't able to do in training and you're making up for it right before a race. You know what? I've actually never done this. And I've never done this because even when I was kind of a new race gal or new racer getting into the race scene, I did so much research to figure out why this was a bad idea. And so I never did it. And I still don't think I've actually ever done this. So making up for a run, let's say you're training for a half marathon. And let's say you never got up to 13 miles and You've ran one or two before and you typically like to get in 13 before going into the race. So you feel comfortable with that distance and you go into the race knowing how it feels, you know, and let's say you didn't get that distance in, you got a 10 or 12, but you wanted a 13, but it's the week before the race and you go out on Monday and you run 13 miles. Stop it. Stop it. Get out. And if you're listening to this podcast like, ooh, that was me or I've done that before, it's okay. You can come back from that. It's, oh, like, I'll let it go. Well, let it go. 
But this is the number one way to make sure you're not going to have the energy for the race. (laughs) Even if, let's say, hypothetically, that's what happened to you. And you convince yourself, okay, like I'm not going to be an idiot the week before the race and go out and run 13 miles. It's not going to, I'm not going to do it. You are going to have more energy going into that race on race day to maybe still have a great, great race. It's called a taper. And usually two to three weeks, you're tapering down your mileage, keeping up some intensity, but basically you're making it so your body has the energy to do what your entire training plan trained for you to be able to do. You know what I'm saying? You want to be ready to go on race day. You want to have energy. You want to be carved up. You want to be like, oh, craving the run. You don't want to be burnt out going into it or tired or a little sore from a hard workout you did the week or two before. What the hell? No. I'm angry now, guys. I'm like really upset. So none of that. Just stop. Stop it. All right. Wearing the same running shoes that you wore five years ago. You just keep in the same shoes in your rotation. You're like, I don't run that much. I just have had them for years. I, I, I get into run streaks sometimes. I just, same shoes, same life. No. Oh, hell no. Look at the bottom of your shoe right now if you've been doing that. Is it super worn out? Do you have a little hole peeking? Oh my God, go to the store, right? I don't even care if they're closed. Wait in the front of the door until they open the next morning. Camp out, if you will. Just don't forget to go in, get new shoes. And this is why. If you like running, this is just like a sure way to get injured and not be able to run. This is just something we have to do. And you know what? Yeah, shoes can cost some money, but you can find them discounted. Get the model that you wore before they came out with a new model. It's usually on sale, especially if you liked them stock up. Just don't, oh my God. I like, I have to take a sip because this one bothers me. And I'll take a sip because this happened to me in another sense. Mm. So I, well, I guess I've done this in the beginning of running when I was still kind of learning about shoes. I was, oh God, when I first started running, I was wearing Nike Freeze and I really messed up my knee for a while. So that was my sip because of that, but just, it's just not worth it. And I remember back in the basketball days, finally, my dad agreed to buy me a new pair of shoes every season because your freaking basketball shoes, the rubber on the bottom gets so worn out that you're going to start slipping and you can roll an ankle, which I actually did my senior year. And I think it was just because I had cheaper shoes and then the wear was, they wore out really fast. My dad feels so bad to this day about that. So dad, if you're listening, which I don't know if you've listened to any of my podcasts, I'll have to follow up with you on that. It's okay. I'm over it now. And I took a sip of my hard kombucha because of it. And you probably don't know what that means. All right. Next, oh hell no. A loose sports bra. Are you trying to get punched in the boobs? What are you doing wearing a loose sports bra? And I'm taking a sip right now because of this. Sports bra. I just like bit my tooth and I'm not sure how I did it. Okay. Sports bras are kind of like shoes, but oh, this is debatable right here. But I usually can get more wear out of sports bras than shoes. Yeah, that's fine. And here's the thing. Sports bras are so important for people who need them that if you wear a loose one, 
you're going to feel like somebody punched you in the chest afterwards. And if you don't know what I'm talking about or what that feels like, oh my gosh, it's one of my least favorite feelings if I'm wearing a loose sports bra. Sometimes I'll go on a run. I'm like, oh, this one washed. Maybe I dried it and it got a little funkadelic or it's probably the time where I need to throw it out. And I go on, I go on a run because it's the only clean sports bra I have. I come back and I instantly regret it. Feels like I did a chest workout, but I didn't do the moves right. And then someone punched me in the boob. That's what it feels like. It's so bad. So if you're ever questioning, like I'm doing my CPR and first aid certification again, because as a running coach, I need that. And one of the questions was, it wasn't a question. It was just a statement. If you think you need stitches, you probably need stitches. Same thing here with the sports bra. If you think your sports bra is too old and doesn't have support, it probably is too old and doesn't have good support. Throw it out or donate it. But if it's really that worn, it's probably past the time where donating it would be helpful. Except for maybe someone that you donate it to would wear it to garden and that would be the perfect case for it. I really don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Let's go to the next one. Okay. Oh, hell no. Not knowing where the bathrooms are on a route. I have to take a sip of um, hard kombucha for this because I'm guilty of this sometimes. Okay. If you're going on a foreign route, you need to look up where the bathrooms are. And it's not hard to do. You go on your Google Maps, you go on your Apple Maps, whatever the hell you have on your phone, and you type in bathroom. Or you know what's around you. Is there a 7-Eleven? Not like you want to go in the 7-Eleven bathroom. Are there bathrooms on the bike path? Like just look it up and know because there's nothing worse than having to go to the bathroom and not knowing where a bathroom is. And I remember on this one route I did in my new neighborhood, there was nothing around but this (laughs) laundromat. And I saw they had a bathroom and I sprinted in and it was one of those moments where it was like, I'm going to go now or I'm going to go in my pants. And don't judge me. You've been there too. And I went up and I saw in the freaking bathroom, the only way you can get into it was with two quarters, 50 freaking cents for the bathroom. That's, that was like when I went to France and you had to pay to go to the bathroom and I was very confused by it. But anyway, I remember I didn't have anything on me except for, I think I had my debit card. I didn't even have my debit card at the time. I think I just had my phone. I didn't have any cash or anything, which is kind of a safety measure, you know, maybe bring a card with you, maybe bring a couple dollars just in case. But I digress. I remember I went up to the guy working there. I was like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom, but I don't have quarters. And he was being firm with me. He was like, I'm sorry, you got to have quarters. I said, look, I'm on a run. I really have to go. There's nowhere. I I think I cried, but I was also very emotional. I had to go to the bathroom. So I cried. Like I got out of a ticket once crying, but I was also again, very emotional and actually crying because I was so sad about it. I was eating yogurt land. And I forgot to turn my lights on. And when the cop pulled me over, I had the yogurt land spoon in my mouth and I looked up at him and then I started crying. Oh God. Okay. Um, let's get back to it. Anyways, I think I looked so pathetic and the guy felt so bad for me being such a pathetic person that he put quarters in and let me into the bathroom. This is the stuff that keeps me up at night. Okay. Next. This one's corny, but like, stay with me. Comparing your pace to someone else's. And like, I'm going to take a sip because we all have done this, even with running friends too. I remember at the time I was training with a good friend and she was a stronger runner than I was like, that's it. And we were very similar with our goal at the time, 
but she probably had a faster, comfortable, like easy pace than I did. She probably should have been going a little bit faster than me on the workouts. We still could have done them together. We would have been really close, but she was probably a second or two faster on almost everything. And I remember just being so upset with myself that I couldn't keep up. And it just really like hurt me. But at the time, I just wasn't experienced enough to realize like it didn't matter. <laughs> we all, we both had our own paces. We're around each other. So we we're able to train together, but it just isn't a big deal. It really isn't. Running is such an individualistic sport. And also, you know, maybe in a race, I kind of look at it like we're all working together as a crowd to get to the finish line. And so, you know, you maybe you do have some partners and training partners in there and we're all pushing each other to the end, but it's all about you and your pace at the end of the day. You're the one running. You can do what you want. You're not going to be exactly like someone else like we talked about earlier. So don't stop it. What? Stop it. Oh, hell no. Last one. Running directly behind someone if you're on a path. Directly behind. Okay. And so I, well, I'll take a sip because I've done this. Okay. It's going to happen. And let's say you're doing a fartlek workout. So you're doing a speed workout where you're going to be picking up the pace and then backing it off. And maybe you're doing that a lot, like every 30 seconds, minute, two minute, whatever. You're probably going to be around this person if they're running a steady state pace. You're probably going to be around them every time you like drop the pace back. They might like catch up to you and then you might pass them. That happens. You really have no way of controlling that at, like if you're not on a track or whatever. But don't run right behind them or right next to them. Unless you're talking to them or unless it's welcomed. (laughs) So you might be next to them. Maybe you strike up a conversation if you're both going at an easy pace, but also read the room. Sometimes people don't want to talk. They want to zone into their podcast. They want to zone into their pace. They just don't feel like talking. Some people just don't feel like talking, you know? And you know what? I'm a very people oriented person. That's not the word, but I like talking to people. And I remember growing up, my mom would talk to random people in the grocery store and I'd be like, mom, stop. You're ruining my life. But I get it. I like talking to people. I like knowing that they're happy hearing stories about their life. I don't know. I just like random people. I like people. People are cool. But sometimes I'm not in the freaking mood to talk like, nope. You know, what I think should be the universal sign of don't talk to me is not making eye contact, headphones in, maybe looking at your phone, like just very not open to somebody coming and talking to you. I don't know. Maybe this isn't universal. Maybe it is to me. Maybe I'm doing it wrong because every time I think I feel really closed off and a don't talk to me vibe is being portrayed to the world, somebody approaches me and I don't think I'm doing it right. So who knows what I'm saying? Don't listen to me. But the whole point in this is don't run directly next to somebody unless you're talking to them. Like give them a little breathing space. Even if you're doing a fart lick and they catch up to you and it's an awkward like little back and forth, just give them a little space unless they want to run with you or talk to you or whatever. And you don't have to run with them if you don't want to, okay? Get space people, give people boundaries. <laughs> Saying that, when you run by somebody, I am in big favor of waving, saying hello, a good morning, because you don't say good evening. You only say good morning. Doesn't matter what the time of the day is. I will always say good morning. And that's my biggest flaw. 
always wave. They even head nod a little like wave. You know, let's get that going again. During this time where we're able to run without masks again, do a little like smile or something. We need to interact again as the running community. It's gotten a little stale. Okay. Anyway, that is my rant. So next week, I actually have a clip from a podcast that I'm going to be featured on. It's this gal who I connected with on Instagram. Her name is Hannah Tyler and her podcast is called I Want to Know. And yeah, it's exactly what you think it probably would be about. (laughs) She wants to know about these people. Some people have cool careers or they're just cool people. And I don't know why she thought I was cool, but I think she wanted to hear about being a running coach and all that kind of stuff. So that episode is going to go live, I believe, sometime in July, near the end of July. But Next week, I'm going to be doing a sneak peek of the episode because we played a really fun game at the end and I wanted to include it in my podcast. So that will be coming. You'll learn a little bit more about my opinions on random stuff. And I got really opinionated, I must say, in the best way possible. And when that episode comes out, I will let you know. But you know what? Hopefully you got a takeaway today from a go-to meal of training. You can hear my oh hell no's and I want to know Tell me if you agree. Are are you like, oh, hell no to everything I was saying, like doing a little snap, like, you know, like personally offended. I finished my drink and I'm a little toasty on this Sunday night. So you know what? You guys have an excellent rest of your week. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, get through the week, own it, do it to it, baby. Like really own it. Let's do something that we feel proud about this week. One, get a good workout in. Two, do something work-related or, you know, career-related, whatever that is for you. Whatever you see is your own self-improvement or maybe it's in the job that you're doing right now. Do something where you're going to be like, yes, I feel like a badass, okay? Do that. And then also do something that will benefit someone else and, you know, at the same time will make you feel good because let's really be there for others right now. You know, we're all going through a hard time in one way or another. Let's make somebody else smile and it will help make you smile too. I I really didn't mean to end this on a corny note, but I did. So haha. Yep. And if you haven't checked out my, my tubular, AKA my YouTube, that's what I call it. Check it out. Fuel my run. Hopefully I'll be getting some cool stuff in there. Anyways, you guys have an excellent rest of your week. Do it to it, baby. I'm like hyped right now. It's like 8 p.m. What am I doing now? Who knows? All right, guys, I will talk to you later. Okay, uh, goodbye.